With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The all-electric Kia EV6, with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yeah, hello everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos. Thanks to Hazen Mardo and Jimmy Williams, of course, with his cameos every day, with his sports headlines and, of course, the big take it or leave it, which is probably the most important segment, I reckon, on the run home between three and five every day. Take it or leave it. They come up with some very interesting topics. Well, the big announcement for me today is the retirement of Aaron Phillips who out and out for mind is the best player to ever play AFLW. Just an absolute star. She's called time on a decorated professional sporting career, spanning some 21 years and two different codes. Just an elite athlete. The fact that she represented Australia with the Opals in basketball and, of course, as we know, also played AFLW with distinction. 38 years of age. She did contemplate retirement through last year before crossing from Adelaide to the power to be the inaugural captain. After all, she grew up following her father around, Greg Phillips, who was an absolute legend at the Port Adelaide Footy Club. Greg himself played 343 games and was involved in eight premierships with Port. And I'll tell you, one of the great videos for mine, one of the great videos is when Erin secretly, it was getting filmed, went up, uh, I think it was Albert and Oval, her dad was there, and she said, Dad, guess what? I'm going to be playing for Port Adelaide and wearing the Port Adelaide jumper next season after, of course, she crossed over from Adelaide. And, of course, her dad welled up and she welled up and it was a special moment. And she wanted to play for Port Adelaide, who weren't involved, as we know, in the initial intake of AFLW clubs. So she joined the Crows as a rookie after crossing over from basketball. And that was in 27. As I mentioned, Port Adelaide were not issued a licence in the first AFLW season. But uh, an absolute star. And I'll come back in a moment and just throw a topic out for you. But for me, for the good oil for Cobram Estate, that's the biggest story for mine today. Uh, Premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. I salute Erin Phillips on an outstanding career. Here she is announcing her retirement. It was a very emotional day. Um, But I did get the memo um, from the Port Adelaide Football Club that all the number ones are meant to retire this year. So... Satsi, Jonas, now me. So it's the year of the number one. So um, it was time for a change, I think. Um, yeah, so this Saturday uh, at Alberton will be my last football game. And it has been an incredible eight seasons playing this game that I've absolutely loved my whole life. But now it's absolutely the right decision to call time 
I wish I could physically keep going and give this club more, but I can honestly say that I've given every single thing that I have left. Yes, and she got a bit emotional, and she got a bit emotional, as I mentioned, when she first announced it to her father, Greg Phillips, who is a legend of the Port Adelaide Football Club, the Magpies, as they were known in the South Australian National Football League. 343 games Greg played, eight premierships. Port Adelaide were just head and shoulders above any other team in the sandfall. And this is what Erin said about her dad. To my dad, thank you for teaching me this game for spending time when I'm sure you were tired and sore from your own trainings to teach me this game as a young girl. And even when you knew there was no future in it, you taught me anyway. You are the reason why I love this game. And I'm proud, so proud, that I got to play here. Even more proud that I got to wear the same number as you. Yeah, a bit emotional, actually. It gets me uh, a bit emotional, the old frog in the throat. Don't worry about that. Well done, Erin Phillips. An outstanding career. And as I said, she also represented the Opals at the Rio Olympics only a month before signing for the Crows, where she won the 2017 and 2019 League Best and Fairest Awards. And they'd lend them to the flags in both those years before playing in the 2022 season sixth premiership. So well done on what was an outstanding career. Uh, the headlines for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. She's been an ornament to the AFLW competition. She's been the ambassador. She's been the player head and shoulders above anybody else, in my opinion, that has played the game. And there's been young women that no doubt will follow in Erin Phillips' footsteps, particularly in Adelaide, where she's been such a dominant figure that will play the uh, sport. So it got me thinking about other great women that have been the ambassadors of uh, their sport. As we know, a lot has been said about Sam Kerr, uh, who originates from Perth. There's no question that Sam Kerr has been the Pied Piper, the leader of the band when it comes to female soccer, women's soccer here in Australia. She's carried the sport from when nobody would have known anybody in that Matildas lineup other than Sam Kerr to now most of the players being very much on the tip of everybody's tongue. Sam Kerr for soccer. AFLW for me, Erin Phillips. Now, in women's cricket, and we know the Australian women's cricket team is a very, very formidable combination, and they've got some outstanding players, but who for mine, would be the number one ambassador for women's cricket. Is it Elise Perry? Is it Meg Lanning, who's been the captain of the Australian cricket team? Uh, Alicia Healy? Who, who, in your opinion, has been the ambassador for cricket? Many are leaning towards Elise Perry. In golf many years ago, it wasn't seen to be a very popular sport for women, but once Kari Webb took on the world... And broke through and won majors, all of a sudden there were young women picking up golf clubs and going to their nearest golf courses. For me, Kari Webb for golf. For tennis, Margaret Court, as we know, uh, uh, is at the moment with 24 Grand Slams the leader. But I don't think anybody's done more for the sport of tennis than Ash Barty. Particularly when she won the Australian Open particularly when she saluted to her greatest mentor in Yvonne Goulagong-Corley. So Ash Barty in tennis, in netball, uh, perhaps you can throw a name my way, is it Liz Ellis? While in swimming, 
Is it Madam Butterfly? Is it Susie O'Neill? So give us your thoughts on that. It's certainly a discussion point that we can have a chat about. Some of the pioneers, if you can term it that way, that have brought women's sport, whatever the code may be, into mainstream, into mainstream sport, because we know now AFLW is working towards becoming a mainstream sport. We know that women's football now is working its way and almost there to become a mainstream sport. We know cricket's probably there because of what the Australian cricket team have achieved. And of course, in track and field, back at the 2000 Sydney Olympics, uh, Kathy Freeman, was she the reason why all of a sudden there was a bit of an explosion in little athletics and kids wanted to run around uh, parklands and tracks back uh, on the back end of those Sydney Olympic Games? Love to hear your thoughts on the Tempera Bedshed text machine. 0487 736 736 is the number. And we're here for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Can I just, before we take a break, because coming up, we'll speak to Katrina Gorry from the Matildas. I think she's going to be on the massage table when we spoke to her a few moments ago, getting ready for the game tomorrow night against Chinese Taipei. So Katrina Gorry is going to join us. And also we'll speak to Joel Paris, who is just absolutely ripping them at the moment when it comes to fast bowling for Western Australia. I had a look at his statistics, actually, and he's played 37 first-class matches and he's taken about 147 wickets and an average of 20.6 or something like that, which is Glenn McGrath-type figures. But he took, as we know, 11 wickets in the recently completed Sheffield Shield game for WA against South Australia and was really the reason why WA in the end won by 200 runs. So we've got him coming up later on. But uh, as I said, plenty coming up on the program. I want to congratulate, and this is uh, is the Ischia Italian restaurant here in Perth at 500 Beaufort Street in Highgate. Sebi Conti and his team, they won the gold medal last night, the Golden Plate Award. Congratulations to them. The Golden Plate Award for the best pizza, the originality and the best pizzas in Western Australia. Gold plate winners last night. And tomorrow there will be a West Australian company that about 20 years ago was a very small company that started their operation in Yampy Way, Williton, and has grown to be a significant national company. I can't say their name, but the announcement is tomorrow, and they'll be the front-of-shirt sponsors for the Penrith Panthers in the National Rugby League competition. They will replace Oak. I cannot give you their name because it is embargoed until the big announcement is made by the NRL premiers tomorrow at their headquarters. But a West Australian company will be front and centre when it comes to the Penrith Panthers next season. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. It's 10 past five and you're listening to Sports Day WA. Katrina Gorry after the break. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't 
Yes, come and join us. Come on, let's talk about women's sport on the back end of Erin Phillips' just outstanding AFL. In fact, sporting career, AFLW and basketball career, I said, uh, let's try and isolate who have been the great ambassadors for women's sport in uh, a variety of codes. Darren says, Pete, Erin Phillips is the greatest player to play the female game. AFLW should name the fairest and best the Erin Phillips medal. Do you agree? With Darren, get on the temperate bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Now, there's no other than Elise Perry for me. She's the trial breaker for women's sport and could have chosen a couple. Well, that's right, because she was a very good soccer player as well. Elise Perry had the choice of either playing soccer or cricket, and she chose cricket. Meg Lanning is the other that's made women's cricket one of the most watchable women's sports. And the entire Matildas team. I'm junior sports coach of AFL, but I've never been more proud of those two codes. AFLW is catching up quickly, faster than boys' participation. That's an interesting point, actually, that AFLW is catching up quickly and the enrolment is faster than boys' participation when it comes to Aussie rules. All the knockers of women's sport don't have a daughter and watching the daily rise of these girls and eventually aren't involved at local level, watching them absolutely dominate. That's a text from Two Rocks. So there you go. Yeah, fair point. One thing that got me is is that uh, regarding the participation rate and how the AFLW competition is really starting to certainly grow tentacles through uh, the young uh, women's community. All right, uh, speaking of the Matildas... Uh, chat with mates, mate, fair dinkum, internet without the fuss. Katrina Gorry is part of the Matildas and uh, they play their final game tomorrow night at HBF Park against Chinese Taipei after putting on an exhibition of the highest order against the Philippines here at a packed Optus Stadium on Sunday afternoon. And Katrina joins us here on Sports Day WA. Katrina, thanks for your time. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. Uh, you enjoying your time on the west coast of Australia? I am. It's it's beautiful out here. I haven't uh, been out here too often, but it's nice to be back in Australia and just soaking up as many rays as I possibly can. It is very much uh, common knowledge that a lot of the Matildas now base themselves overseas. Uh, tell us about your current home, which I gather would be turning a bit icy come this time of the year. Yeah, it's pretty cold over there. I think one week it was about 15 and then the next day it was about five degrees. So I felt automatically happy as soon as I landed in Australia. Um, and it's uh, yeah been really beautiful here, but definitely not that excited to go back home, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you will be. Of course, Sweden's now a special place for you, your partner's from there. And uh, how's the little one going, by the way? Yeah, she's good. She nails jet lag pretty well, probably better than me, to be honest. Um, but yeah, she's enjoying it. She's back with her nonna, which is really nice. Uh, they have a great bond and get to really spend as much time as they can with each other in camp. So it's pretty nice for, for us to be back here. Because it's been quite a whirlwind sort of last 12, 24 months for you, hasn't it, regarding your football and also your personal life? Yeah, it has. It's probably been uh, my favourite year to date. Uh, a lot's happened this year. We've achieved a lot, obviously, as a team and off the field. Um, yeah, I couldn't be happier. Uh, never thought I'd get engaged, but it seems like um, I'm walking around with a ring on my finger now. So <laughs> I've got to be pre- <laughs> got to be pretty happy about that. But 
no, it's definitely been an exciting uh, year for us and a year that we'll remember forever. So is a date being set as yet? Uh, no, nah, but we'll probably we'll probably look for 2025. My family's really big, so to get everyone to one day is pretty hard. So if we give them two years to get organised, hopefully we'll get there. Sounds good, sounds good. Uh, saying that, uh, tell you what, we've been blessed to see the Matildas in all their glory in the two games so far here in Perth. Firstly, your thoughts on the event on Sunday, nearly 60,000 people, 8-0, some beautiful football was played. What about the whole package? How did you find it as a player? Yeah, uh, it was amazing, to be honest. Um, the, the stadium was just absolutely electric. Uh, the fan, fans were incredibly loud. It didn't matter, you know, what was happening in the game. You could always hear them. And I think it's been one of my favourite games to date, to be honest. I think that the football that we played, it was exciting. Uh, it was fun to play and it was fun to watch. And uh, we just had so much variety, which I think we, we've been missing for a little while there. You make an interesting point in your last answer. It was once some of the best football you've played in recent times. It was so entertaining to watch and you never took the foot off the pedal. You wanted to score as much as possible. Let's not also cast aspersions on the opposition. You're playing the Philippines, who played in that FIFA Women's World Cup, so it was probably going to be your most difficult opposition of the three here in Perth. And the way you played against them, you must have got a lot of heart out of that performance. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, that they, they were they're a good team. Um, you know, we we couldn't take them lightly. We knew what we had to do, and we knew that we had to play fast, and we had to you know find different ways to break them down. I think we we did that exactly. As soon as we lost the ball, we won it back and we were able to, you know, create a lot of opportunities. And I think we were, we were really clinical in that game, uh, which was exciting to, to kind of play in. And um, from what I've heard, it was pretty exciting to watch as well. Oh, it was fantastic to watch. And everybody's still talking about it ahead of the game back at HBF Park against Chinese Taipei on Wednesday. And what's oozing through the Matilda squad is your affinity that is amongst each other. It seems like there's a real bond. And it was quite comical, wasn't it, at the start where you were ready to take your team photo before the game and Mackenzie Arnold had already positioned herself in the, in the goals and you had to wait for her to come over before the photo was taken. It was a, a bit of a chuckle before kickoff. Yeah, I mean, if Macca didn't have her friends and team. I think she'd lose herself. So I think she's pretty lucky she's got us uh, to help her through. But um, no, it's, uh, you know, most of us have been together for, for 10 or more years. We've, you know, travelled the world with each other. We've gone through the ups and downs. So I think all of that always brings you closer. And I think just, you know, knowing your teammates inside and out, you know exactly, you know, where they want the ball, how they're going to challenge the ball and everything like that. So I think... Um, yeah, for the next few years, it's going to be pretty exciting to see what we can achieve. Now, I'm not really great with my Swedish pronunciation. Now, your club side in the top flight in Swedish football, is it uh, Vitsjö? It's Vitsjö. I mean, I probably don't even say it right. Right, so okay. okay. We can say it wrong together. Saying that, there's a, a good Australian connection, apart from yourself, with that club. Yeah, there's uh, Charlie Grant uh, and Claire Polkinghorne there as well. Um, and it's nice. It's always nice to, you know, hear some Australian voices uh, in, in amongst your team. And I think for us, it it's always nice to, you know, be able to bounce things off each other, you know, help each other throughout training sessions and make sure we're continually, you know, building, leading into a national team. 
Of course, you played with the Brisbane Roar. You came out on loan last season before going back to Sweden. Now, how did the three of you actually get together at this Swedish club, which in some ways everybody talks about, you know, England and Spain we know and, and what happens through the continent. But how did the three Aussies actually get together at this Swedish club? Um, it was actually, I mean, I had just come back from having Harper and um, Hulks was over just training with us in the off season. And I just kind of said, like, do you think the club would be interested in taking me? Um, obviously, I got Harper, so... I'd need different things and uh, I think within about a week I had a contract there and we were pretty much ready to go. Uh, so that's how I ended up over there. And at that time, Charlie was playing for Rosengard um, and she wasn't getting too much playing time. So we just thought we'd poach her and off she came. And yeah, it's been the best decision I think we could have made. We've all really, um, I think, gotten better as players and I think uh, our friendships off the field have gotten stronger. Having a look at the Matildas, it's amazing. Prior to the FIFA Women's World Cup, if you ask a person in the street to nominate uh, three players, it may have been a trifle difficult. Now you're all household names. You're all celebrities. How are you handling that? Yeah, I mean, it's so cool. I think for a lot of us, it's a real standstill moment. I think it's something that we all would have liked to imagine um, but now it's it's actually happening and I think to be back in Australia and actually feel the effects of the World Cup I think it's yeah it's a proud moment for us and we hope to keep on building it and making sure a lot of young boys and girls are you know still playing football and, and talking about the, the World Cup for years to come. Well you notice the amount of young girls in particular that were in the stands here at Optus Stadium on Sunday that's certainly something that I realize you know mum and dad or their parents coming out with young people and they're all wearing the Matildas shirts uh, I think there's a new generation of footballer coming through and for those people that are contemplating taking the pathway that Katrina Gorry has taken what do you say on face value about your profession yeah, I mean, it, it's the best uh, thing in the world. I think any sport you play, it it brings you some highs and lows, but it brings, brings you some great friends and some incredible memories. And, you know, I don't think any other career will kind of give you what, what sport can. So if you're thinking about playing, definitely get the football out and start kicking it and following uh, the Matildas because we are a special bunch and uh, I think we'll, we'll bring a lot of love. Katrina, Katrina, I've done a little bit of homework on uh, the amount of work that you did in the World Cup. The highest number of tackles of any player at the World Cup and you covered the most ground of any player, 57.68 kilometres during that FIFA Women's World Cup. You got a pretty big tank. <laughs> yeah, it's from chasing around a toddler uh, every day. So I think it gives me some added fitness that I get to use on the field, so... I can't be mad about that. And regarding the game tomorrow night, what sort of team is likely to be fielded by Tony Gustafsson? We saw a different team against Iran to almost a full-strength side at Optus Stadium on Sunday. Any indication what sort of team he's likely to field against Chinese Taipei? No, we're not too sure at the moment. He, he keeps his club cards pretty close to him, but um, you know, whoever whoever's out there knows what job they need to do. It's a must-win game for us, so... We'll be giving it our all and uh, it'll be our send-off game from Perth and, you know, the amazing atmosphere they've brought us for the last couple of games. So definitely proud to be here and hopefully we'll put on a show for them. 
And one thing uh, actually came to light yesterday is that we don't see the Matildas enough, unfortunately, on home soil. Is there a chance that you may return down the track with this Olympic qualifying campaign? Yeah, hopefully sometime next year. I'm not really sure how it kind of pans out or who who will play, but I'm pretty sure it's a home and away series. So hopefully there's another game on home soil um, sometime next year. Have you had the opportunity to sort of at least get out and about during the few days you've been here and had a look at the city on the west coast of Australia, the most isolated city in the world? (laughs) I haven't really. We went to the beach the other day, which was absolutely beautiful, but I was... uh, pretty scared of the sharks um, <laughs> but, but apart from that now nah, we've kind of just been resting and recovering and doing whatever we can to get ready for the games well i know the aussies love you uh, and i know the swedish people love you before we let you go tell us about this swedish citizen of the year award that you've been nominated for I actually don't know too much about it i mean i hope i get a citizenship out of it but i haven't really asked that um but yeah, I, I guess it's just uh, kind of us putting uh, our clubs, you know, on the map. It's a tiny club that we play for, and um, probably a place that not many people have heard of, have heard of, even if they do live in Sweden. So, um, yeah, for us, it's it's a proud moment to be representing, you know, a small club like that, and, and every opportunity they've given us over the last two years. I think your very first club as a, a wee person was Mount Gravatt there in Queensland. You've come a long way from it there. Was. You've uh, spanned the globe, but I suppose deep down inside, even though you may have dual citizenship uh, one day, deep down inside your soul will very much be Australian, won't it? Yeah, it definitely will be. You won't, you won't find me leaving home after um, I hang up the football boots, that's for sure. I'll be soaking up the Australian weather, the Australian lifestyle and, you know, everything that comes with it. And being a... Darn good mum as well to Harper. We wish you the best of luck with those <laughs> endeavours. You reckon football's hard. Imagine trying to raise a young one. It's very difficult, let me tell you, but I know you'll do it very well. Thanks for joining us on the program. Uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow night in that match uh, against Chinese Taipei. And thanks for bringing such great entertainment to the sporting fans of Western Australia over this past week. No worries. Thank you for having me, and I uh, hope you enjoy the game tomorrow night. Yeah, good on you. Katrina Gorry joining us here on Sports Day WA. They've been very warm. I believe about three or four of them went to Karen Up Shopping Centre today for a bit of a signing and got absolutely mobbed by some young uh, fans who I gather should have been at school, but they weren't. Uh, 29 past five here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, welcome back to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos and now for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Let's update the World Cup of Cricket. Bangladesh and Pakistan are in action tonight at the Cricket World Cup and Bangladesh in the 11th over, struggling somewhat, a 3 for 43 against Pakistan. Last night, a big win by Afghanistan over Sri Lanka by seven wickets. Charita Salanka is underneath it and drops it. And a magnificent win in erroneous fashion. <laughs> but it is a significant win for Afghanistan. They moved to fifth on the table. 
they keep hopes of a semi-final place alive. Yes, they're certainly on the heels of the likes of Australia and also New Zealand, uh, more so Australia, because uh, Australia currently in fourth position. They're, they're travelling beautifully, uh, uh, the Afghanistan cricket team. That's what Polaris plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the range of 1,000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. Now for Irrigear, which is here to save time and water. One of the feature interviews on SEN today was that Simon Goodwin, the Melbourne Demons coach, actually visited the SEN studios in Melbourne as part of the breakfast show and was very open and transparent a couple of uh, about a couple of the issues that have been plaguing the demons in recent years. And one's been about him personally and the rumours that have been circulated about his so-called abuse. You know, the rumours have to stop. Um, it's got way out of control from a boardroom battle into court documents into republication, rehashing, rehashing of a story over and over again to an extent where it's become a fact, um, which is just not fair. And it's gone from a rumor to an allegation to a fact, and it's got to stop. Um, I've had enough, and I think as an industry, we need to be better than what we are today. He also went to talk about Clayton Oliver, as we know, was certainly a headline act heading into the AFL trade period. Clayton Oliver's got some personal challenges and that's the best way we can describe it. It's a very complex situation that we've got going on with Clayton and clearly those challenges have been going ongoing for multiple years. Um, this is something that hasn't just reared its head in recent times. This is something that's been ongoing for our footy club and ongoing for our, our team um, for a number of years and um, we're working incredibly closely with Clayton right now um, and building the best people around him and care around him to deal with his complex personal issues. And has Simon Goodwood, the coach of the Demons, spoken to Joel Smith since his positive test news? I haven't spoken to Joel. Um, I'm going to let the process play out. Why is that? Um, because I have. I've got a level of anger and frustration towards it. Um, there are the right people that are talking to, to Joel um, from a welfare perspective and, and working really closely with him around that. But where I sit right now, I've, I've got a little bit of frustration because of everything we've just been speaking about, the, the, the behaviours and the culture of our footy club, what we were embarking on at the end of this season, um, to potentially be in this situation, um, I've got a bit of anger towards it. Has he tried to contact you? Interesting. Simon Goodwin in the SEN Melbourne studios this morning on The Brecky Show. Very frank uh, and very honest and very transparent about a couple of the uh, the questions that needed to be asked around the Melbourne Football Club. Him as an individual and certainly some of the, the big names that have been in the headlines in recent time. That uh, sports news headline, thanks to Irrigear, which offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water. Irrigear is here. All right, after the break, we're going to return to cricket. And this fella has got Glenn McGrath-type bowling figures. Joel Paris is absolutely bowling beautifully at the moment and was the reason why Western Australia beat South Australia the other day. We'll speak to him next here on Sports Day. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day.
Yes, it's been a great show. Thoroughly enjoyed Sports Day WA and the excitement uh, and the intrigue continues. We're about to speak to a gentleman who follows in the footsteps of Dennis Lilly, Bruce Reed, and current assistant coach at the Wacker in Bo Casson because Joel Paris joined that trio of great WA bowlers in snaring 10-wicket haul in a Shield game at the Adelaide Oval. And Joel joins us on the program now. Joel, thanks for your time. No stress, Peter. Pretty good, com- pretty good company. Did Bo Casson tell you about that achievement? No, he didn't. He's uh, he's one of the most humble blokes, Cass. So he's uh, I actually had heard from someone that um, Cass was amongst the other few uh, who had yeah taken taken a few at Adelaide Oval. So I'm just yeah I'm, I'm wrapped to be uh, included included in that group. I did I did message him afterwards, and uh, yeah he didn't didn't have much for me. So that's but that's Cass. He's um, invested in everyone else. An amazing 200-run belting of South Australia. It looked anything but after both sides had their first turn at bat. It was a pretty even shield match, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, we we certainly spoke on the on the night of day two that the game was very evenly poised, and and we were actually bloody excited um, about the challenge. You know, I feel like something that we've done really well over the last two or three years is every time we have been challenged or been in parts of the game where um, you know it can fall on either side of the fence. We've sort of run towards that and and tried to yeah I guess improve as a team and individually and and yeah night of day two was was one of those moments and we were we were pretty pumped to come out on on day three and um, yeah stamp another stamp another um, great day of of shield cricket and um, set us up for. Yeah, what what was going to be a pretty good win in the end. It's interesting, Adam Voges, the coach, after you took five for 39 and demolished South Australia in their second innings, getting six for 74 in the first, said, and I quote, he's been the leader of our attack for a number of years now and he showed why over the last four days. Uh, if it wasn't for injury, which has curtailed your career in recent seasons, who knows where you may have been, Joel, but you must be really wrapped to be back Bowling fast and feeling fit. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, obviously I've faced yeah some some adversity and um, some challenges throughout my career with injury, and um, you know it's something that I've I've been really proud of myself that every time that I've come up against some time away from the game, um, you know I've got my head down and um, tried to yeah get my body back in a position where it can withstand the rigors of yeah first class cricket and um i think yeah my perspective on cricket now is is probably a lot different to what it was in my early early 20s and um every game that i play now i'm I'm very fortunate and feel very lucky to be able to do that to represent wa and um yeah i do do feel as though i'm um you know, a leader of leader of our attack, and I certainly make sure, or try to make sure, that every time I step out in the field and have the ball in my hand, that I lead um, in a way that is um, represents our values in our team. And uh, yeah, I was just super super happy to be able to contribute um, over in Adelaide. Well, you've come a long way after getting your initial rookie contract with the West Australian Cricket Association back in the summer of 2011-2012. I had a look at your figures, actually, Joel, and they're quite mind-blowing when it comes to first-class wickets. You've played 37 first-class matches. You've taken 146 wickets and an average of 20.6. And someone said to me in the office, 
That's almost like Glenn McGrath-type figures. They are astonishing figures uh, when you look at uh, those. You must be wrapped when you look at that. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, it's something that, you know, at the end of my career, which I hope is not for a few more years yet, um, I'll be able to, yeah, look back and you know, be re- really proud of, of how I've gone about my cricket. I've always, yeah, pride myself on of um, economy rate and um, being able to build a pressure from, from whatever end I'm bowling. And I've certainly found that in the last few years with our group that we speak about that a lot of, of being able to bowl for the other person at the other end. And a lot of the success that we've had from a bowling perspective and our ability to take wickets have, have come from, you know, being able to build pressure from both ends. And we're very much a group who enjoys watching each other um, succeed and do really well. And, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, I'm just very, very fortunate to be a part of that group at the moment. And, um, you know, we're certainly having a tremendous amount of fun playing cricket and, um, you know, representing WA and, yeah, obviously winning's a lot lot better than losing. So um, we are enjoying our cricket for sure at the moment. We'll come back to the WA squad in just a moment, but you've been also a club cricket part of Claremont Netherlands who have had so much success in recent seasons, particularly in the short form of the game, being involved, even though you don't play a lot down there, but when you do, being involved like a club like that, does that help? Uh, 100%. I think, you know, you're a product of your environment. Um, and for a number of years there, Claremont was was by far, um, you know, one of the more dominant sides and, um, you know, just reeling names off, you know, Matt Kelly, Tim David, Will Bazisto, Stevie Eskenazi, Cameron Steele, Liam Haskett, um, you know, Jim Allenby to a certain extent. I know he played first class year for a number of years over in England, but he was a big part of big part of that as well. Um, you know, there's a number of guys who Nick Hobson who have gone on to represent WA and I think, yeah, being able to learn about winning and at an early age and at a club level has certainly you know, helped coming into a WA environment where when I first came on board, we were, we were struggling for success. And um, there's a group of us now who have, have been at the WACA for, you know, 10 plus years and we've all come through that, um, you know, time together. And, you know, we're very lucky. It's a very unique situation where we've got so many guys who have stuck together for, for so long. And as I said before, we're, you know, we're, having so much fun playing our cricket at the moment and, and each of us feel, feel very lucky that we're, we're able to do that. It's a phenomenal squad, there's no question. You're 30 years of age, you turn 31 before this year's out, being a, a December-born person. So you've still got plenty in you as long as you can keep the body uh, fit and going as we have seen in recent times. They're not coming to get you, are they? No, I don't think so, mate. They're, uh, they're flying, flying along somewhere else. Pretty safe at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Liam Haskett in that last uh, chat regarding some of the players that have emanated from the Claremont Netherlands Football Club. He's at the other end of the scale. He's just burst onto the first-class scene for WA. What do you see in him? Oh, I see, I see a tremendous amount. Um, I was, yeah, I was very lucky to present Liam with his first-class cap, baggy black. Um, a few weeks ago, Adam asked if I would if I would do it, and I was was hoping that Adam would ask me to do it. Um, and yeah, look, I, I said in the presentation that um, he's exactly how a left arm quick should look. He's uh, 110 kilos, six foot five, incredibly young and athletic. So pretty much everything that I'm not, to be honest. Um, 
But yeah, he's he's got so much talent and ability. I think I've, I've said a number of times about Lamb, but his ability to learn and want to get better, his work ethic is um, you know is amazing for someone so young. His maturity, and I think you know one thing that I think Liam has shown over the last three or four weeks, but in our group internally over the last six months is is how quick he's come along. Um, and there's no there's no doubt that the main reason for that is um, you know his work ethic and his, his want to learn and get better and um, you know the the um, the amount of work that he's been able to do and the role that he's played for us in the last three or four weeks has been outstanding. So for someone so young to be able to come in and, and influence the way he has, um, I think each game that he's played, he's got better and better and um, no doubt he, he's got a big future in first class mm. for for sure. We've got a Shield game coming up on Monday at the SCG against New South Wales. Uh, the wickets normally at the SCG a bit trying for pace bowlers. What do you expect? Yeah, we, we spoke briefly today about it as a group and we're not really sure. There hasn't been a lot of cricket or sport played on it for a while. Uh, I know last year when, when the boys played there, that they just had the, I think it was the, the Women's T20 World Cup um, before it. So the wicket was very dry or the square was very dry and, it, you know, there was cracks all the way through it and it turned a fair bit and went up and down for the quick. So, um, you know, we'll prepare for, for anything. We'll... Um, you know, have a look at the wicket obviously the day before and on the morning of and, and see see how it looks. But at this stage, yeah, we're prepared for anything and um, like we have done, we try and focus more on, on us as a group internally and and what uh, helps us play our best cricket and, and then hopefully that holds us in good stead with the result. Mm, good on you, Joel. Continued success. Uh, outstanding figures, not only at the Adelaide Oval, but certainly in first class cricket so far, as I mentioned a bit earlier. Thanks for your time and good luck in the next uh, appointment with the New South Wales side at the SCG on Monday. Pleasure, Peter. Anytime, mate. Joel Paris, uh, the West Australian fast bowler who's just absolutely flying at the moment. And as Adam Voges said, he's, uh, he's a leader when it comes to the bowling department for WA cricket. Uh, great to see him doing so well. Just before I go, letting you know that you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. Just have a look at all the details at the Perth Wildcats website. That is online. And the Leg Up is Australia's fastest growing tipping service. Tomorrow, we're looking at Ranwick, race seven, number eight, running bear. We think she's a terrific 50 to one shot, according to the Leg Up. She closed hard to win a strong country race, two back and then was well-supported last start when she didn't have any luck over the concluding stages. Completely excused that effort, and she's way over the odds. Looks a good each-way plus to the leg up. So get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fast-growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au. And not forgetting that Beaumont Tiles is also giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game. It's worth over $70,000. All you need to do is just shop in-store at Beaumont's before November 12. It's fast approaching that date, and you're in with a chance to win TNCs to apply. That's the program for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Katrina Gorry and Joel Paris, my two special guests. Thanks also to my executive producer, Jimmy Williams, for putting the show together, another fabulous show, and also to... Paul Heath Heater for panelling the program and keeping it so nice.
and tight. I'll be back again tomorrow from around about five o'clock for another edition of Sports Day WA. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. Have a good night, everyone.